Can you believe that? It is three whole years since we were last here. Can you believe that? Some people have got married in that time. Some people have got married and had children in that time. Not hanging about. Some of us have reached that blessed place of being empty nesters in that time. Some of us have reached the, the heights of retirement in that time. A lot has happened in these three years. And isn't it wonderful to be back here together once more? I would like us all to give all of ourselves a round of applause for getting through three years and being here all again. You deserve that. You've been through a lot, haven't you? We've all been through a lot the last two or three years, some of which we can talk about, and some of which, frankly, we'd rather not. Three years, my goodness. What a time. What a time of learning, for most of us here, learning how to handle uncertainty in a way that we've never had to before. I had my own experience of that recently, uh, four weeks ago. I was having a perfectly normal nice day, and I had had a, a tough piece of work I just finished. And you know, when you finish a tough piece of work, what do you need? You need a reward. I finished this tough piece of work at three o'clock in the afternoon, and I went into my kitchen, and I made myself a cup of tea. And I decided that's not enough. So I am going to push the boat out for my afternoon. I know, I know how to live it up, people. <laughs> Three o'clock in the afternoon, cup of tea, two dates. That's how I roll. I had my cup of tea. I ate one date. Very nice. I ate my second date. And all of a sudden, my throat started to close. I got a tingling in my throat. I got a tingling in my lips. I got a tingling in my mouth. My hearing went a bit funny. I felt a bit unstable, like I got, my balance wasn't right. And my throat started to, started to constrict very rapidly. I ran upstairs and grabbed an antihistamine and swallowed it before my throat blocked up. I got some ice out of the freezer, put it in a drink, and just kept some ice water in my mouth. And I thought, maybe it'll just pass, you know? Never had anything like this happen to me in my life. And I eat dates all the time. It got worse and worse, so I rang. I dialed. Many of you know my wife is a doctor, and strangely enough, it didn't occur to me to ring her. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens to your brain when it gets scrambled with uncertainty. You don't know what to do. And she was at work, and so I rang 111, and they said, they took me through some questions, and they said, right, we're sending around an ambulance. I said, how long will it take? They said, 45 minutes, maybe. <laughs> Um, it was getting worse. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to continue to breathe. So then my brain kicked into gear and I thought, I probably should ring my wife. <laughs> so I rang Penny and she told me to take another load of antihistamines and then she basically jumped in the car and came home. 
Actually, it was her work colleagues, when she told them what was going on, they said, what are you doing here? Go home. So she went home, and they took care of her patients, and uh, she came home. And she arrived at the same time as the paramedics, who were lovely, big, you know how, I don't know what they do to paramedics, what they feed them. They're all massive. Two blokes, like about this tall, and muscles out, you know, out there. And Anyway, they were very nice, and they did various things to me. Stuck me in the ambulance and took me to the uh, to A and E, and I was there for the rest of the afternoon and the evening. And uh, clearly, um, I survived, <laughs> uh, so that's good. But it, it was one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. Uh, perhaps some of you can relate to that. Not knowing where this is going, not having had this happen before, knowing of people who've had a far worse reaction and fate in this kind of situation. A cup of tea and two dates. Changed my day. I think changed me. The uncertainty is part of life. And yet we like to live as if certainty is possible, achievable. I'd even dare to say we believe it's desirable but I'm not so sure. And we've lived through a lot of uncertainty in the last three years. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, the scriptures read, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Our wealth is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Wealth is uncertain. You may say, well, I don't have a lot of wealth. Uh, let's talk about rich people. Let's face it, my friends, you and I, compared to so many parts of the world, are extremely rich. We have money to do things with. You got here, didn't you? You got in that car, you put some petrol in, even though it probably cost you rather more than it did a few months ago. But you got here, you made it, you've got lunch to eat, or you can beg or borrow some from somebody here. There's some very nice setups I see over here. You clearly brought extra uh, for people like me. And uh, you, But you you have, you have disposable, uh, disposable, whatever income you can choose. We are, we are all tempted. From the richest to the poorest here, we're all tempted to put our confidence in our wealth and our ability to generate wealth. And as such, there is no issue with wealth in itself. But it's when we look to our wealth to give us certainty and stability in life that things go very wrong. And if the last few years have taught us anything, with COVID, with the war in Ukraine, with the rise of inflation, with the confusion about jobs and the future and rising debts and who knows who's going to pay for all of this. I think it's not my generation. Sorry for those of you that are younger, but there's so much uncertainty. And it affects us all, one level or another. So what do we do when we're faced with this avalanche of uncertainty on top of uncertainty? Well, I know what I like. I like to be comforted. I like to be told everything's going to be all right. Don't you like a bit of comfort? Don't you like a bit of affirmation? It's nice, isn't it? My wife's birthday last Sunday. You can give her a present later if you forgot. 
And you know, we posted things on Facebook, and uh, there were lots and lots of nice comments on on those posts. So thank you, all of you that did that for my lovely wife. She deserves them all. And it's lovely to get nice things said about you. Nothing wrong with that. Indeed, in fact, the scriptures give us a lot of affirmations as to how God feels about us, which are really rather good, I think. They're very comforting. In fact, I think we should do an exercise together. Could you do this uh, with me? So what I want to do is I'm going to read you. I'm going to quote from the scripture. I won't tell you all the references. I can show you them to you later. But they all come out of the Bible, either directly or, or, or paraphrased. And I'm going to read you something that God says about you or Jesus says about you. And I'd like you to respond by re re repeating it back to me, but with as, but you as an I. Right? So I'm going to say you and you're going to say I. So as an example, the first one will be, you are God's child. And you're all going to repeat back, I am God's child. We got that? We try that again. You are God's child. I am God's child. Yeah, well, if you could believe it, that would help. But uh, Okay, should we try that again? You are God's child. I am God's child. Okay, that, that's good. Okay, so let's go through this list. I like this list. I think you'll find this very comforting. Right. Okay, again, from the beginning. You are God's child. You are precious. For the men, you are my brother. Okay, for the women, you are my sister. Okay, sisters, get it right. This is a clever piece. Everybody together, you have an eternal inheritance. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are loved. You are chosen. You are royal. You are a mist. Yeah, that last one. It does also say that. You see, does also say. I just broke my wife's mister, and it's now instead of spraying a mist. It's spraying me. Well, I am rather hot, so that's quite nice. Uh, well, anyway, you get the point, right? We are a miss. You're a miss. How lovely. How comforting. In James chapter 4, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a miss. That appears for a little while and then vanishes. May not be what you were hoping to hear this morning. Another translation for the word mist is exhale. You and I are an exhale. Just a. <sighs> and when we're being honest with ourselves, we know we are as temporary as that. I was worried when I had my allergic reaction whether after I exhaled whether I would be able to inhale. I just want to finish by sharing that the way that we think of our last breath, our last exhalation, affects everything we do in this life. 
It affects how we live. It affects our relationships. It affects our, our eternal destiny. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we learn that it is God who gave us breath. He formed man from the dust of the ground. And what did God do? He breathed the breath of life into Adam. And that man became a living being. God gave us breath. What are we going to do with that breath? How are we going to use that breath? Do we have that breath? You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but it feels like, it feels like we're suffocating. The, the challenges of our own health challenges and the people we love with their health challenges and, and, and who knows what's coming after COVID and how are we going to pay for the national debt and what's going to be going on even tomorrow or next week. And it feels like we're suffocating. We're not really breathing. Yeah. We forget. Most of these other things don't really matter. And if we have God, if we have his breath in us, you could say, if we have his life in us, his life, the life that God gave Adam, and that was damaged by what happened in the Garden of Eden, by that rebellion, by what we call sin, that damage we can see all around Adam, he wants to give you and me, he wants us to breathe in that way, to have, have that full-lunged way of living life. Living life with hope. Not, not, that, not that in this life we will have all the certainty we would like. That will never happen. But living with hope, because we know our final exhale is not, our, is not the end. I have to think about, the, about Lazarus. You may know the story about Lazarus in John chapter 11, and how he dies, and then Jesus goes, and Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I've got the life. And he gives it to Lazarus, who comes out of the tomb. He was dead for three, four days. He comes out, and he's alive again. And can you imagine that? I mean, when he died, his last exhale had no hope. It had no promise. It had no future. But he comes out of the grave, resuscitated by Jesus, brought back to life. And then can you imagine how he then lived his life with this new life, this new breath, in a sense, in him? And can you imagine? Actually, he died for the second time. And what a strange idea. But that second final exhale, what was that like compared to his first final exhale? The temporary nature of life, the insubstantial nature of his life before was transformed because he now had a relationship with Jesus who he knew could take him beyond the grave into a full new life. We live that now. We can live that now if we have that relationship with Jesus who knows what it means to live life to the fullest. Knowing the quality of our final breath changes how we breathe all through life. A final Breath of hope gives us hope in this present life of despair. Our final breath can be one of confidence. And that final breath of confidence in our eternal destiny gives us confidence in this present life of uncertainty. A final breath, and we know our destiny, and it's a, de a breath of peace, that final exile. A final breath of peace gives us peace in this present life of turmoil. A final breath of joy. Because we know where we're going. A final exhale of joy gives us joy in this present life now, despite the stress and the strain 
of our current condition. My friends, I'm glad you're all breathing today. I hope you carry on breathing for a very long time. Amen. And I'm not going anywhere near dates for a while. <laughs> and I hope and pray that you will find a peace and a joy, a spiritual certainty. If you don't already have this, I hope you'll find a way to really breathe in this life. With Jesus, his Holy Spirit, his God's breath, giving you a life better than you could ever have imagined. And giving you the strength to handle not only the current certainties, uncertainties, but the uncertainties that are so uncertain we don't know what they are. And that's for certain. They're coming. How can we handle it? We handle it with Jesus giving us the breath of life.